This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at Amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Health equity means that everyone has a fair and just opportunity to be as healthy as possible, despite their cultural or demographic background. But achieving this means removing obstacles to health, such as discrimination, economic disadvantages, and lack of access for certain populations and communities. Today's guest, Omatola Gordon-Rose, Senior Director of Health Equity Initiatives at Komen, understands how multiple barriers combine to create breast health inequities in the Black community and is here to share how the program Stand For Her, a health equity revolution, addresses these inequities through several tailored interventions. Omatola, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm excited to have you. This is really important. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show to kind of really take a deep dive into this. So Komen has been working to advance health equity for years. How does Stand For Her deepen Komen's health equity work? Well, Adam, we, again, you said it, we've been doing this for so long, right? And advancing health equity and improving breast cancer outcomes for historically marginalized and under-resourced community is one of Coleman's key um, strategic imperative. And that is reflected throughout all of our work. So we have been working in this area for a long time and have learned some key things. And most importantly is that we have to get from talking about the problem and describing the problem to providing solutions that work on various levels. And those solutions are critically important to the Black community. So our Stand For Her, A Health Equity Revolution, is Coleman's national commitment to collaborating with Black people, policymakers, researchers, and other key stakeholders to help to create a world without inequities and where Black people have the same chances of surviving breast cancer as anyone. So this national strategy for Stand For Her is an evidence-based approach to support, um, supported by a series of reports that Coleman had published in 2021 called the Closing the Gap Reports. And from that, um, we have deepened our work, um, our approach to health equity um, by providing education that equips Black people with knowledge about breast health, um, patient support that ensures connection to timely and high quality care, We're working on workforce development that improves diversity and cultural sensitivity of healthcare workers. And we're ensuring that research is representative and benefits all. And we're also advocating for equitable policies. So those are some ways that we are deepening our work through our Stand For Her programs. And so so you mentioned the, the 2021 report, Closing the Breast Cancer Gap. And I think that was uh, a report that took into account 10 metropolitan areas that experienced the largest gaps in mortality rates between Black and white women. Can you share with us a little bit about what that report found? Well, the report found so much great stuff. And I'm just so excited to share because 
we know that these issues exist, we know that these problems existed, but to actually see it documented was eye-opening for us. And again, going from talking about the problem to solutions. So one of some of the, I'm gonna just give you a few highlight findings because we found so many great, um, so many great pieces to this um, report. So one of the things that we found is that facilities that serve predominantly minority women are less likely to be in academic or private institutions. Um, they're also less likely to have digital mammography screening and less likely to have dedicated breast imaging specialists reading those films. Um, we also found that the uh, quality of healthcare is segregated with the National Cancer Institute, um, the designated cancer centers and the major academic institutions located, are located in predominantly white neighborhoods. And at the same time, Black communities are often supported by community clinics that often do not meet quality standards of care. So many of the healthcare facilities that provide these high quality care do not even, you know, sometimes do not take patients on Medicaid or Medicare or um, other low cost health exchange plan. So black women on these plans often feel discriminated against. And even when the hospital, even when the hospital accepts the health insurance, they still feel that discrimination. Um, another thing that we found is implicit bias. A lot of the participants noted that um, they feel they are treated differently in the healthcare settings because of their race and the perceptions their provider may have about them. And I wanted to mention that it's important that throughout this entire research project, um, the landscape analysis for this report, um, they've noted that breast cancer outcomes was driven by racism, bias, and barriers in the healthcare system settings. And all, most of the Black women across the country, despite their income, education, and insurance status felt this. So um, those are just some of the findings that we have. Additionally, we found that um, provider patient navigators and Black women in, focus on, in the focus group all noted that how important the, the doctor-patient relationship could be to supporting women successfully managing their breast cancer across the continuum of care. But yet, this was just surprising to me, yet Black women often feel that they're ignored or met with disapproval by their healthcare providers and others in the health system. So some relayed experiences of harsh, uncompassionate and unnecessary, painful treatment at the hands of their healthcare provider. And this is heartbreaking because um, this should not be happening to our black women. You know, we're dying at 40% higher rate when compared to white women. Hmm. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that. And, and, and you're right, it should not be happening. And some of that's just so difficult to hear. So I know that Komen is addressing the barriers that created these inequities for Black people through tailored interventions, one of which is education about breast health. How is Komen providing education to the Black community? Again, Coleman is deepening our work in addressing these barriers so that Black women can get the needed information and make informed decisions and be able, being able to advocate for them, um, their breast health. So we have our website that has a plethora of education materials 
um, from um, family health history, risk, breast cancer subtypes, treatment option tailored to differences in Black population. We also provide education and breast self-assessments, um, screening guidelines, and the importance of family health history, breast cancer risk. We also um, have information on how to advocate for their own health care, for their own health. We are also creating and amplifying conversations about breast health and coma resources in the faith-based community. Because in the Black community, faith-based is, is our driving force to everything that we do. So through our faith-based communities, um, we have our worship, Coleman's Worship and Pink volunteer ambassadors that talk about breast health and teach us about breast health in our faith-based communities. Um, and through Coleman's Metastatic Breast Cancer Impact Series, uh, we also provide those information on living with metastatic breast cancer and, and understanding their loved ones to have a safe and collaborative space to gather information. We're also utilizing data to tailor genetic counseling and testing education materials to the Black community, because that was also one of the findings from our reports where there is a lack of um, information and education material for the Black community when it comes to genetic counseling and testing. So those are just some of the ways that we are providing education to help to break down those barriers um, in the Black community. That's great. And I understand there are also barriers that restrict access to genetic counseling and testing services in Black communities, such as a lack of knowledge of testing services and implicit racial bias among doctors. How is Coleman working to address these issues? Wow, yeah, we're doing so much. There's, again, so much problems. <laughs> we only have so much little time and resources, right? So we had to, again, as I mentioned, strategically think about what are those barriers based on our findings and what can we address right now? And yes, there are significant barriers in genetic counseling testing in the Black community. And one of the findings, again, Coleman's solution-driven oriented approach um, is to address this in two ways. So we are increasing access to and utilization of genetic counseling and testing services by partnering with health systems such as the University of Pennsylvania Abramson Cancer Center and MD Anderson Cancer Center that will help to provide 600 genetic counseling and 300 genetic testing for Black families. And also we are working to develop new and existing culturally linguistic, genetic counseling, and testing educational materials um, to help meet the needs of the Black community. And these materials will focus on the importance of knowing your personal and family health history, understanding options for individuals at high, at high risk, and um, questions that they can ask their doctor around genetic counseling and testing and understanding their options. So those are just some of the ways we are breaking down those barriers and um, increasing access and knowledge and addressing racial bias in the healthcare for genetic counseling and testing. Okay. Wow. That's, that's great. Um, and, and so I mean, there's, just, there's so much to dive into. So I'm just going to keep peppering you with questions here. I, 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 hope, I hope that's okay. So I also understand 
that Komen's new patient navigation training program is training culturally responsive patient navigators to serve Black patients in the metropolitan areas with the greatest inequities. What sets this program apart from other patient navigation programs? Our patient navigator, I'm so proud of our patient navigator program and our patient navigators in-house because um, the navigation training program is designed to teach aspiring patient navigators, um, supporting their ability to enhance their career paths. But Coleman's program is enhanced with a first of its kind module um, on navigating racism and bias for black patients in the healthcare system. So that's what makes it unique. And what sets this program apart is that it is more than just a training. It's a community and we are building a community of navigators. Um, the program has a two-pronged approach to the, the diversifying the workforce and providing navigators with the necessary tools needed to serve historically marginalized communities. And this includes creating spaces like forums, um, social hours, panel discussion for navigators to talk about how to address barriers that come into play because of these disparities. It also um, includes networking, sharing resources, and giving navigators a voice so that um, they can provide feedback on the program itself and let us know what content they need to serve um, patients of varying cultures, background, races, and ethnicities. So as you can see, these are some of the key areas that set our program apart from other navigator um, navigation programs. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. So, uh, so two more questions, because again, lots to cover. So thanks for, for being a champ uh, through this. So Komen developed a public policy training program called Speak Truth to Power, Stand Up, Speak Up for Black leaders and influencers to learn about how policies can be used to address inequities. What solutions came out of this training program? Yes. So that... I'm proud of this Speak Truth to Power program, training program, because this is on the next level where we're talking about advocating for equitable policies. And California Stand Up, Speak Up cohort, they had identified key barriers impacting health equity in the community that focused on unequal access to medical treatment res that resulting in less access to screening services, increased prevalence of late-stage cancers, and limited access to all available treatment options. So the cohort identified and prioritized three policy solutions or interventions um, to address the key barriers. So the first was to eliminate out-of-pocket costs of medically necessary diagnostic imaging. The second was to, is to increasing clinical trial access, education, and participation. And third is to expand access to patient navigation through the cancer journey. So in determining our current policy priorities in California, we looked at um, the current health policy landscape and the opportunities for legislation that could address and identify speak to truth power policy solutions. So of course, out of these three that I mentioned earlier, Diagnostic image stood out as the issue with the greatest impact and likelihood of um, getting passed during this legislation session. 
So great news that this legislation, which is the AB 2024 um, legislation, has currently passed the assembly and will be heard in the Senate committee um, on health next week. Additionally, which we are so excited about, um, Coleman is working in partnership with the city of Coleman, other patient advocacy organizations on the um, Cancer Care Equity Act, which ensures access to Medi-Cal patients um, to NCI designated care for complex cancers. So this legislation will help to um, address unequal access to medical care and increase clinical trial access. And that's by ensuring high quality care, which include clinical trials and regardless of the patient's insurance status. So as you can see, these are some of the solutions that we, we've um, arrived from, from this speak up, um, stand up, speak up uh, cohort in California. Texas hasn't had a state session yet, so we haven't had an opportunity to address priority issues um, with this Texas cohort, but we're still working on that. Okay, so so I I want to I want to I want to go back to something you said earlier, just to kind of underline the gravity of this. Just one statistic, and and then I want to ask you a final question. So I want and I want to make sure I get this right. So I, I believe you said earlier that black women are 40% more likely to die of breast cancer than white women. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so now that, now that we've said that and our audience has heard that, and I believe based on this conversation and many others that we've had on this show, I think we all understand and, and agree that that's accurate and true. Now, my question is how can our listeners that maybe seem overwhelmed by this issue, how can our listeners get involved in Coleman's health equity work to decrease, to decrease breast cancer disparities in the black community? Yes, so the 40% is, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it, it, it angers me every time I think about it because of the prevalence rate. We are dying at, a young, at younger um, ages as well, and at the with the most aggressive types of breast cancer. So the health equity um, revolution and our health equity work to address these inequities require a multi-pronged approach. So health equity work, can, we can't do this work alone. I always say we can't do this work, but we need partners, we need stakeholders, we need community members to get involved to help us to drive this work. So with Coleman, we, um, policy, policy changes, is a key to helping to move this work forward. Um, join our advocacy, um, go to our Center for Public Policy to get involved with our advocacy work through legislation um, because it's not just a one and done approach for us, for Coleman. And we know that it takes the village to create systems change that is driven by a long history of racism, bias, and, and barriers in the healthcare setting. So we're looking for passionate and motivated people to connect with us, to partner with us, um, and to help us to drive this work fo forward. And so that Black women, we can have the same, same chance of surviving breast cancer as anyone else. So um, we want to support you, but also we want them to also to support us in this journey to help address these inequities. That's good. And, and if our listeners do want to get more directly involved, is there a place they can do that? Should they go to just coman.org? What, what, what's the best next step? 
Yes. So they can go to Coleman.org. They could sign up for our, on our health equity page and they could sign up for our newsletter. They can sign up to be part of our advocacy network. Um, there's so many action. They can reach out to our um, Coleman helpline um, to be able to get connected to any one of our services that they've heard me discuss earlier. Um, from our patient navigation to education to genetic counseling and testing. So all of that information they can find on our Coleman website as well as our um, calling our helpline. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for taking the time to walk through just such an important thing. And, and I, I genuinely appreciate the work that you're doing. It's so, so, so important. Thank you for, for doing the work. And thank you for joining us on the show today to share about it. Thank you, Adam. I enjoyed our discussion. <laughs> this program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at amgen.com. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.